collaboration with students and various clients, such as UNESCO, Maker Forest, uh, Graphic Happiness, etc. And uh, he also supervises the annual graduate show at the School of Media. Our uh, second panelist, unfortunately, Jaskip uh, Bodwez, is not well. Uh, we wish her the best in recovering from this attack of flu that she has and will not be joining us. Uh, she is the account manager at HKU for the last 11 years. She handles strategic partnerships, research projects, and internships for students across multiple disciplines. Next, we have Stefan. Stefan Sonberg is a permanent professor of branding, creativity, and innovation at ICN Business School. ICN is part of the Artem Alliance, which is a partnership promoting interdisciplinary alternative learning methods, creativity and innovation in educational programs, all with a view to train a new generation of creators and decision makers. He has 20 years of academic and corporate experience. He holds a PhD in philosophy and a master in communication studies from the University of the Arts, Berlin. His research interests are in the field of co-creative branding, as well as team creativity and innovation management. He uses the hero's journey as a framework to develop new creative formats for workshops and projects and works together with colleagues worldwide on the imaging, uh, Imagining Tomorrow project. Third, we have uh, Gaurav Keshwani from ISDI Mumbai. He's a Garo's an interior and product designer holds a dual master's degree from Domus in Italy. He specializes in the field of critical design with a focus on the future of workspaces and retail. He has over seven years of experience working with global organizations like Olympus Microscopes and Siemens India, Italia, sorry. He's uh, always interested in pushing the boundaries of cross-disciplinary learning using his experience in spatial design, product design and design research. This aids to his current role at ISDI where he is uh, the Associate Program Director for the Postgraduate uh, Diploma in Design Program. He's also been a lead for various courses at the School of Built Environment and School of Product Innovation and Strategic Design during his three years at ISDI. Thank you and welcome to this little event of ours this evening. And thank you for spending your Saturday, uh, which I know is on the weekend. Uh, what we're gonna do now is uh, We'll start uh, first start with a small clip and uh, then proceed to the next part. Imagine tomorrow is a two weeks international seminar in which students from schools in the Netherlands, Germany, United States, Pakistan, and India comes together to collaborate and to address questions about future design. They work with clients from international, public, and private organizations to propose interdisciplinary solutions to real-life issues. We are here to essentially understand how uh, international collaborations can work for uh, projects that are local, but projects that are of value for the near future. Uh, so projects like uh, detention uh, facilities, projects like, uh, let's say, uh, criminal justice system, a lot of, uh, let's say, challenges that we might face in the future, but we usually don't think about is what this program uh, sort of gets us to engage with. To also understand how to work in different types of leads, to work in cultures that they, they are not probably part of, uh, to also work for things that matter. It's a multidisciplinary team, so I expect that they use their own expertise in telling the story of WeScale, what we're working on, and 
um, not showing what is wrong with the current system, but actually showing what are the possibilities for the future. One thing was really cool, uh, just the fact that there were so many people in a diverse environment, all working together towards the same thing, towards the same goal, which is imagining tomorrow. That was pretty cool. It is also a place where we are seeing much more openness. Uh, we are seeing uh, openness in terms of how people understand each other, how uh, people react to each other's backgrounds, react to each other's experiences. For example, my, the neighborhood I had to research was just absolutely different to a neighborhood back at home. So the issues that they were telling me, I wouldn't really find that as a problem. But then I had to put my experience there, shoes, and then think, wait, this is a problem for them. So now I have to find solutions for that. I think at the end of the program, we stopped and gave it like, okay, them as in uh, yeah. Dutch and then us. It wasn't like that. It was like, it was us. Like, yeah. all of us working towards something better, something like imagining tomorrow. Imagining tomorrow, yes. The benefit is that, that you get IDs who are really, really rich and have a bigger picture than the picture of your own way of living. And that, that makes it really, really yeah, inspiring. Uh, we truly believe that we should share knowledge between the continents, between different countries, and uh, between different cultures. The diversity, it's the different perspectives and cultures. Yeah, of that, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Thank you, Anshu. Now, this sort of sets the tone of uh, what we're about to discuss further. So, may I now invite uh, uh, Evan, Stefan, and Gaurav to uh, take forward the conversation. Uh, you have about 30 minutes, and uh, over to you. Thank you very much, uh, Amit, for, uh, for having us uh, on the beginning, and uh, that we can share uh, a piece of education we developed with, with uh, uh, different institutes together. Um, and we, we started in Utrecht, and we traveled it, uh, to, to Germany, and we were not yet able to travel to uh, Chicago uh, because uh, Corona uh, brings, uh, yeah, pops up. So uh, uh, it's a very joyful uh, way of uh, making education. In the presentation, we see that we work together with uh, uh, clients from, uh, from outside. And here we have, for example, a client, uh, uh, who has a question, the question is in green, and uh, we try out that uh, the students will work with these questions and work with the clients together to find uh, new ways of uh, giving answer on those questions. Uh, we worked last year with the Dutch uh, ministry, also who has a very uh, interesting question for us. And uh, you can see the next slide. We have uh, four uh, clients for the students who has all the specific uh, uh, ways of uh, looking to uh, yeah to their to their problems, and we hope that young creative people will give them uh, the power to uh, yeah to, to develop more and more and better ideas. Actually, it's a little overview in this presentation how Imagine Tomorrow just works. We saw this in the film. It's nice to flip through it. And then we can talk about it uh, uh, more and more. Uh, the clients will come. We will go to the clients with the students. For example, we have a client in a hospital and all the students went to the hospital and, and get some 
some expertise over there to work later on uh, on the topic. Um, what's wonderful is that uh, the different uh, uh, nationalities work together. In this perspective, uh, German, Dutch and Indian students work together in the program. It's also fine in the next one. And in the end, we, uh, we made all kinds of conclusions. Uh, they make uh, posters with conclusions. They make uh, also uh, maquette, uh, different way of showing the outcomes of all the projects. Um, and we have a lot of discussions with, uh, with the clients in the end who react on all the outcomes. And it gives them uh, most of the time uh, yeah, wonderful new perspectives of their questions. Maybe if it's okay, I would love to, to add on what uh, Erwin has said, because Erwin said different nationalities um, came together. And this is already a, a big advantage of imagining tomorrow. But I would like to add that it's also interesting that um, students from diverse backgrounds come together. Yeah, we, we have their uh, art students, design students, uh, cultural management students and management students. And this is really interesting to observe at the beginning of these two weeks that um, the students come there with their individual, let's say, specific educational thinking. And it's a little bit like magic that uh, because we merge the teams really in an interdisciplinary way that after, let's say, two or three days, it really works that they merge in a really holistic way that it's not anymore let's say disciplinary thinking that it, that it really goes beyond and i think this is also a big advantage of imagining tomorrow i would say oh, that's true yeah yeah i think i think the mix is also uh it doesn't matter uh what's your background uh on the pacific moments it's just the way you give input on the project and you start working with each other and you start learning actually with each other on a playful way i think that's actually what we what we try to do or what we what we what we find out uh, we can do in, a, in an interesting way huh? so and for me it's also it's not only to teach students but it's also a, a pleasure to work together with different teachers and also to develop a whole imagining tomorrow again and again with different teachers so that leads me to a question, if I can butt in, Evan. Yeah. Uh, who trains the trainers? I mean, who trains the trainers? Yes, I mean, uh, it's, it's a new form of collaborative learning. Uh, but the trainers, uh, uh, if they're going to be leading this, who trains them? Yeah, I, th I think we try to, uh, to train ourselves with each other uh, to be that open as possible and also to show what you think on this, uh, uh, you made a structure to start somewhere and then you break this open and, and try that other people can give you uh, feedback on it. Just like we give feedback on the students, uh, I'm open for feedback from everybody in this instrument actually. And in the two weeks we had, I don't know, uh, good of maybe five or six times we sat sitting together uh, and having talks and thoughts about how we uh, can develop this instrument deeper, better, with more energy, uh, all kinds of questions will come along. 
And that's, that's what I really like about it, that we are learning as teachers as well, and that we put ourselves open in that perspective. I think it was only it was only for uh, let's say some seconds in Irwin's presentation that over the years we have really developed a schedule for the two weeks, yeah. And it's not that we are let's say stick one hundred percent to this to this schedule, but it's also let's say a, a kind of a training tool also for the new trainers, let's say like this, because they knows quite in a very nice way what will happen over the two weeks. And as far as I remember correctly, Irwin, it's always the case that we have more mature trainers from the last years and then we have got newbies so the newbies uh, learn extremely from the ones from the last years and as Irvin mentioned then we met really on a regular level uh, every day so that we let's say can um, exchange uh, our experiences during the days and also uh, exchange our different let's say thinking and cultural backgrounds I can add probably here saying that uh, one of the uh, better things about imagining tomorrow and the training the trainer aspect within uh, was that openness as Arvin was mentioning to teamwork and uh, when we talk about teams cross disciplinary multiple or even vertical teams uh, that we have it also applies to the trainers. Uh, it means that we are developing ITI imagining tomorrow international for the next coming years while we are uh, let's say conducting the one uh, in the current time so i think that that uh, focus kind of led us to also visualize uh, better imagine tomorrow as uh, stefan was mentioning as a schedule uh, but also take it forward in in the way where we see connections where we see kind of new ways of thinking about the same program also maybe expansions into new directions and that's that's uh, probably a good outcome that we would uh, we would call from this particular event. So Gaurav, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but would that mean that the current definitions of design disciplines would no longer exist or there'd be new disciplines, uh, they'd be merging? Yeah. I mean, this is open to all three of you. What are your thoughts on this? I think uh, design is uh, ever-changing as, as we ourselves have experienced over our own, let's say, uh, uh, past and our own kind of, uh, let's say, uh, jobs and kind of teaching in academics and so on. Uh, but at the same time, design is also something that is uh, always forward looking, right? Uh, we, we do kind of take what we have from the past uh, to get a grounding done, uh, but we also take it forward. And that's probably where uh, we start blurring certain boundaries between different types of disciplines. And Imagining Tomorrow is a great example for, uh, for the same, uh, where we don't have a kind of boundary established between arts and economics student or management master student, or let's say design from communication second year or uh, product third year. It really doesn't matter uh, where they come from. It, it's more about how the outcome uh, and the process is itself achieved. Uh, in the same uh, kind of uh, strength, if you were to take it forward, uh, I think this blurring boundaries uh, is also an aspect where uh, we are seeing design education to move. Uh, we are seeing more cross-disciplinary courses come up, more people uh, striving for elective-based education or even liberal education in that sense. And that probably brings in much more uh, strength to what we as designers would be called uh, in the future. And uh, we as uh, design educators would teach in the future. Um, when I can just, or may I just add to what Graf has said. In, I would say up to a certain degree, at least, you can compare imagining tomorrow because it's two weeks long with a longer design thinking process but 
from my perspective, um, design thinking has a limitation because it is in such a way that people should think like designers, whatever this means. And design thinking is also transferred to other disciplines. And I think there is um, a difference in imagining tomorrow because we see not only design thinking, we see all the other kind of, let's say, thinking styles and combine it in a clever way so that in the long run, maybe even for design, it is of interest that it becomes more holistic uh, thinking. I think, I think what's also quite uh, interesting to see is that um, students in two days time or maybe in the first day, it doesn't matter what are their backgrounds or it doesn't matter what kind of study they are following. They, they, they have a goal and they try to reach that goal with each other. So this commu community building is a very, very important thing. And out of the community uh, will be uh, uh, popping up ideas, designs, uh, metas uh, uh, to work on. And I think that's the biggest uh, um, yeah, celebration you can give to, to young people, to let them experience that, that, that what they can bring on a team. Uh, because nowadays, I think teamwork is the way we work. Uh, we're, we're, we're gone, uh, we've gone away from this individual uh, designer who is uh, the, the, on top of everything and leads us to uh, uh, the path. I think uh, community thinking and working in communities is the goal, uh, is the future goal we should reach with each other, even for creative uh, people. So that's that's always what I really love uh, when I when I look to imagining tomorrow and when we work together in that, that that's happening very quickly. So Irvin, what happens to uh, movements like Memphis, for example, right? What is the future of uh, such uh, design ideologies? Are they relevant, or uh, do they have a place in society? You mean you mean different design disciplines? No, like uh, uh, iconoclastic designs. Uh, which are aimed at a very, uh, which are more form-based uh, and aimed at a very uh, niche crowd, fashion crowd, for example. Yeah, yeah. I would, out of my perspective, I see that uh, uh, design becomes becomes yeah becomes more and more um, uh, a way yeah a way of living where you can do actually everything because it's it's not necessary to have a very precise idea of what you want to make because we have so many tools we can reach nowadays we have so many many uh, ways to express ourselves or platforms so i think this 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 attitude of being a fashion designer or a graphic designer or an illustrator of becomes less important i think the way you 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 uh, work with your discipline and the things you really love to uh, to make becomes more important and the way you make connection with others uh, and even in fashion you see that that the connection to society uh, what we fashion was always on a kind of distance they dictate actually what what what, what we should draw and, and what, what we should wear and uh, nowadays they can't so this whole change who is going on in, 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 in society, but also has this influence on design and designers and young designers and even on teaching of it. 
But I would say that uh, you're absolutely right. But but I would say that, and you see it with most of the universities and most of the art academies, that they are still in this old thinking style because they still have departments, they still have schools, yeah. And the more you have schools and departments, then I would say the most you can do is maybe interdisciplinary working, but I would say not transdisciplinary working. I would say uh, maybe also going back maybe to Bauhaus thinking, yeah, that you have more, let's say, um, a general study at the beginning, and then the students can maybe make a decision going in a specific direction. But um, as long as art academies or in general universities have this school and department thinking in mind, all the good things or thoughts Erwin just had, it's, it's challenging, I would say. So I can add here by saying uh, another thing that we all, uh, a lot of times miss in design education is how important it is to know or learn globally, but at the same time act or design locally. Uh, what that means is we, uh, we can come from various school of thoughts. We can come from various iterations of the same school of thoughts. But at the same time, we uh, need to understand challenges and ways of working uh, that are kind of uh, more perceptive, more in tune with what's happening around. And at the same time, kind of uh, apply those verticals and kind of interpret and change those to the challenges that you face in projects today in your local spheres. I think that's very much important when it comes to uh, education and education moving ahead uh, in terms of school of thought. What I, what I actually uh, try to tell people on the faculty nowadays is that we, that we should maybe, uh, if we are able to run away from fake education, that's how I call that, fake education, and go into real problems who, who, who we know around us every day. You know, how much time we spend on the art school to give uh, uh, students an, ID who's, who's actually fake and let them work on that. Um, I think we can, if we are changed this to, to, to real questions and a question can be small or big, to real questions, uh, the connection to society uh, will be, become much, much stronger and the influence from society of, on the art schools has to become also bigger in a way because uh, I think that the design schools can also closing up themselves into uh, yeah, ivory uh, tower. Yeah, in in, in also yeah, beautiful ideas, yeah. you know. But you can you can work in circles for years in this. And uh, I, I what I try is to open up to open up this 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 teaching ID and and open up the, the community actually for that. Not always easy. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, wouldn't that require more uh, other uh, knowledge bases, disciplines uh, alongside design? I mean, how would you try and manage that within the short gap of four years? But yeah, I think imagining tomorrow is one possibility. I think you need in the curriculum specific spaces yeah, where you have already, let's say, included trans disciplinary thinking. I think the Hakau is doing it in a clever way because they have, um, I think it's called ateliers uh, in the specific years where students from different departments work together. At my university, 
this ATEM concept, the alliance is of three universities in Nancy, which is a technical university, an art university, and a business school. And all students have to do, uh, in specific years, they have compulsory, let's say, um, courses where they have to merge in any way. And so I think you have to put it into the curriculum in the three or four years, and then it works. Of course, you need to have the openness of the departments and of the different universities. But when there is an openness, I think there's a high chance that you can include these, let's say, interdisciplinary or transdisciplinary elements in the curriculum. I think, I think it's also uh, um, because I, I travel around, uh, for example, to Chicago, and I, I told them about the idea of Imagine Tomorrow, and they were immediately enthusiastic and opened up their institute because they really love to to have this openness with other uh, uh, art schools. And when I came to Mumbai, for example, I had the same experience. So if, if you start talking about the ideas, people are really quickly opening up and, and, and try to, yeah, uh, to come together and to find out how, how we can work uh, in this perspective. And even Imagine Tomorrow is an international uh, uh, way of working, but you can do it also very local. Huh? That's, that, that there will be no problem for that. Gaurav, would yeah. you like to? So I think um, the interdisciplinary aspect or interdisciplinary course-based aspect is something that we are seeing more often uh, in schools, uh, even in India, if, if we were to think about that. Uh, for example, in ISDI, we do have interdisciplinary courses with the management and the uh, mass communication schools as well. Uh, at the same time, apart from, uh, let's say, interdisciplinary kind of uh, uh, scheduled learning, uh, there is an aspect of uh, kind of uh, open learning as well. Uh, this open learning can happen much more with industry collaborations, much more with live challenges, much more with uh, local or community-based challenges. Uh, these challenges, uh, as we tackled with ITI, are something that all of us think about, but not always kind of act about. Uh, because of either, uh, let's say, low possibility of uh, outcomes or a low possibility of turnarounds. Uh, when we think of it rather than a process-based uh, approach, uh, we understand that it's much more about learning than about uh, uh, direct application in the short term. It's also about uh, people converting to something or uh, some ideologies that can, uh, let's say, reflect back in their futures. So when, uh, when we see cross-disciplinary or transdisciplinary uh, curriculums, I think it's also important to kind of collaborate with subject matter experts uh, within uh, creating the courses and with delivery of courses as well. Uh, at the same time, it's important to engage with other institutes uh, in, in challenges which are of a larger scale and a local value. Okay, I'm gonna take a quick poll out here and let's just figure out what our audience is. Could we have the first, uh... Hold, please. All right. Which one of the groups do you belong? Are you a professional, academics, students, or the fourth group, which is the other? Quick, you have 10 seconds. Okay. Are we done? Let's see. Ah, we have a huge number of students. Very interesting. Excellent. Thank you. Yes, please carry on. So uh, I think we can take a, uh, take a look at also how ITI performed uh, over the years. Uh, maybe Arvind wants to kind of take that over and how it has changed uh, its kind of uh, perception in the last three years of running. Um, how, how it developed? 
Yeah, we start. We started uh, six years ago, and we started very locally, actually, uh, with only students uh, uh, in the HAKU. And um, the last three years, we developed it on an international base uh, because people reacting so positively about uh, about the whole idea. So, uh, uh, because my uh, my background is also the international affairs, uh, uh, beside uh, the head of the graphic design department. So for me, it was 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 a very small step to uh, just integrate uh, those ideas with each other, and from there on, yeah, that that became so much spin-off. And I think Stefan was one of the first uh, teachers we worked uh, together uh, with Kirsten out of Chicago, and uh, and we had also some other uh, from Pakistan and Romania. I think mm -hmm. Stefan, look to you. Yeah, so that's that's how we build actually uh, uh, on our connections. And, uh, I think what's yeah. what's also ever because you mentioned all this university, it just comes in my mind. Uh, it also emerged that it starts, as far as I know it correctly, Erwin, with more bachelor students, and then we also include in imagining tomorrow uh, master students, also the students from Romania, which were um, in the program of architecture. They were quite mature. They were at the end of their master studies, and I think this is also interesting that imagining tomorrow works when we combine even quite young students, young in the sense of at the beginning of their bachelor studies with more mature ones and over the days you do not see any more a difference if a student is a bachelor or a master because what I don't personally like this a little bit an arrogance of master students or oh, I cannot collaborate with a bachelor student because they are so young and they don't know anything and they are not trained and I would say this is also an experience for um, for more mature students okay wow in teamwork, it's not so important if I've got more knowledge, less knowledge, or if I'm more already on my journey to be a designer or start as, uh, as, uh, just at the beginning. I think this is really cool to observe that it's really teams building out of it, regardless uh, in which study year they are. And even, even in this team building, it's, uh, sometimes it will become clear by students that uh, the way they work in a team tells them that they may be uh, uh, less interesting in becoming a designer, but become more interesting in a team leader, for example, or become more interesting in communication with the client uh, or uh, thinking uh, on a strategic way. And those things, it's not easy to get them out of them in the study itself. So, uh, for me, that's, that's, that's wonderful that you can have this experience only in two weeks. It's incredible, actually. Huh? So if we can imagine that, 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 we, that we should have more of this kind of educational parts during the year, uh, I would love to start an, uh, uh, a school like that. Huh? <laughs> Very interesting, Evan. But yeah. would there be a scope for uh, having a longer program than just two weeks? I mean, uh, do you see the validity for having a longer program? Would it uh, make more sense? I would say it from my feeling, uh, let's say imagining tomorrow is like a typical winter academy so that uh, students from different universities join together. I, I, I'm, I've also participated, it, it was more marketing oriented at the Norwegian School of Management in a three weeks uh, uh, 
summer program, but I would say this is already quite long and it's also cost intensive. So I would say two weeks from my feeling is for such a setting a very good one you need some days for a warm-up and then it's good that you have the weekend also for reflection also to have fun because imagine tomorrow we go to other cities be inspired by uh, exhibitions so my feeling is two weeks is let's say for this for an international setting where people from all over the world join in a way i would say two weeks is a perfect setting i don't know how you see it Irvin Ogurov. No, for, for, for this kind of education is perfect. I, I can imagine that uh, uh, you also can make a longer program. Uh, there will be there will be no problem, but, but I think uh, the feeling of the pressure cooker and the feeling of to be in, in a movement uh, becomes less. Uh, and then you're more back to normal teaching in the art school uh, where you have uh, teaching uh, uh, periods of eight weeks, six weeks, or things like that, uh, and that become that 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 had, that needs another dynamic. So uh, I think it's also yeah. I think the dynamic is is really important to uh, to to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of two weeks and how it plays out, uh, uh, I completely agree with Stefan that uh, there might be anything. Uh, pertaining to, let's say, a fatigue or the course fatigue that might set in uh, beyond two weeks. Uh, if, let's say, a student is interested in more time, obviously there are exchange programs that can be taken forward for semesters and trimesters, depending on where they are and what they are studying. Uh, apart from all this, I think it's also about how a large uh, scale is dealt with. So if there are 80, 100 students kind of brought together for a period of two weeks, it's already something that is managed uh, with various uh, kind of parties altogether. So a lot of variables are kind of considered and kind of uh, brought in into the space like that. Uh, if we kind of uh, scale it up or we kind of, uh, let's say, extend the program, then those variables would get harder to manage. Mm -hmm. And that's probably another worry that uh, comes in with any, any longer duration of this kind of a program. What I could imagine for imagine tomorrow is because this is maybe um, let's say something good out of, out of this COVID-19 um, drama in a way that um, I could imagine that you combine more remote elements, for example, that you have a remote element at the beginning where you get, for example, the project pre from the client a little bit earlier and maybe we have a kind of a, um, a team building already um, before or at least that the students get to know uh, each other via a remote setting or even that you have got something remote afterwards yeah uh, i think this i could imagine or even um, we discussed already in our let's say little trainer team uh, because chicago could not work because of covid19 um, can imagining tomorrow be up to a certain degree also in remote yeah and i think uh, we are here at the beginning to reflect if this is possible, but this might be also a future scenario. Yeah, yeah. I think this hybridization also oh. works very well uh, yeah. in terms of how uh, we deal with certain challenges or local, uh, in terms of uh, community-based challenges or wicked problems, if you want to call it, uh, because there are different scales of wicked problems in each of our regions and each of our zones, uh, and they are a lot of times similar, though the scale might be different. Uh, if we are kind of looking at hybridization, maybe we have multiple clients on the same issue, uh, 
uh, but solving in teams that are cross-disciplinary and international uh, remotely and then applying those challenges. I think uh, that can be another way to look at ITI in the future. But uh, isn't uh, the future today in a sense it that uh, uh, we had probably thought and we tried and uh, attempted at uh, learning online and now we are forced to do so. So it has just, I mean, the world's turned topsy-turvy. Uh, I mean, we need to really relook and rethink of how we're going to teach, how we're going to learn. Maybe we can also ask that on the, on the student itself. Hmm. How's the experience with, with doing this live and now have to, have to learn so much digital? Uh... Okay, so I'm going to ask uh, the second question now. Uh, and let's try and understand what the academicians in our group have a feeling. May I have the second poll, please? So would you adopt uh, these teaching methods in your school? Are you already doing it? Yes, you would. No, it doesn't make sense. Uh, not sure. You have 10 seconds. Okay, thank you. Could we see the results, please? Also that uh, some mentioned here, they are already doing it. I, I personally would love to know more what, what they are doing and uh, how we can even collaborate or even because imagining tomorrow is not uh, at the end. Yeah, it's work in progress, how we could even improve it or make it even stronger. Yeah. So I think this is probably a platform where uh, a lot of you can get to know each other better, converse at a later date and uh, build on this platform. Excellent. I think uh, that would be great. For sure. There is a fair amount of positivity which is coming out. Excellent. Yeah. Carry on, uh, Evan. Uh, you had some, I think, some other examples to show. Yeah, I can show um, the way it's located in the curriculum. And I can tell a little bit uh, uh, how I changed the curriculum of graphic design department two years ago. And Excellent. that flow. Uh, also, imagining tomorrow has his has his place, and maybe it's nice to uh, to see this. Um, we started two years ago to get rid of the curriculum we we had, and we made a new one. And in this new one, we have a, a central idea of doing uh, design projects, and the design projects are uh, also combined with theory. Next slide. The design projects there will be working two teachers uh, minimum and one teacher as a theory so this teaching component is uh, managed by three teachers next slide and if we uh, around this uh, design project we develop skills we have five different ways of uh, making skills next slide please and the skills are also uh, teached by uh, every skills teached by one teacher. And all the components of the skills um, has to do something with the design project. So what we actually try to bring all the projects you do in, in, in teaching in a way uh, together. Uh, um, next slide. And if we see around this whole uh, component of uh, the department, uh, there are circling other uh, more yeah, department-wise or more media-wise. Uh, no, one slide back, please. 
Um, and then we see also imagining tomorrow as uh, circling around the department. Uh, we have also uh, uh, other skills from other departments we can reach or we can reach uh, central uh, seminars where we can go to other schools with. So the education now is, is built around each other, uh, more or less. Uh, next slide. Now we go back to the uh, graphic design department where we have, uh, next slide. Yes, um, we have four design projects a year who are uh, totally combined with the, uh, all the theory we give. Next slide. And then we have the skills who are uh, hosting actually, or who comes together with the design project. Next slide. And those are the amount of skills we give each year. So this is uh, uh, 20 skills with four design projects. Next slide. And if you, if you look to one uh, study year, we have four design projects with all the skills around it. And this is just to clear up in a way how we situate uh, um, our, our structure and where Imagining Tomorrow has its place, more or less. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's be it. Gives you a kind of idea how we work actually um, uh, on the curriculum. And what we think is important is that not only uh, the students will join this curriculum, but also the teachers. And uh, out of my perspective, I think it's very important to let teachers work together and to, to develop together, actually, new programs. Uh, but they can only uh, work together and develop together if they are able uh, to see what's, what's the outcome is in the end. Uh, and where, 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 where they get rich with each other. So, um, and that was the biggest challenge I had with reorganizing uh, this whole uh, curriculum. And now we work on it for two years. And um, yeah, the students are very happy with it. And I can see that the teachers are really, really dedicated uh, to work much closer and sharing ideas much more than they did before. So, one of my goals are reached in this program in making this program and now we are yeah we we, we try to make it sharper and deeper and better and, and there's all you, you can work forever on it but uh, <laughs> so Irvin, how long has been this going on um i started uh, two years ago with with developing uh this way of thinking and working uh, so we work two years now on the departments like this and we starting up to to get the results of it and um, in a way for me it's it's nice to see that we we went away from the linear way of thinking in education mm -hmm. uh, you it's very linear thinking and even when we ask teachers to come uh, out of the practice to teach for one day uh, they're teaching more or less uh, with their background and what I really like. And what I think it's very important is that the teachers meeting other teachers, having conversations and see what's going on uh, in practice with each other and reflect to the students and out of that perspective, making the lessons. And uh, in the beginning, it's, it's, a, it's a question who's quite hard, uh, but if you living in this structure, uh, people love to do it, so. 
could you i mean could you inspire the other departments at hku uh, also to change a little bit their curricula or are you a little bit the island at hku with your concept yeah once in a while you are the island once in a while you you can spread the word because okay. I'm, I'm i'm really a believer in it and i see the positive sides so there are a lot of departments who are actually picking up some elements but that's i i have to say that education in that perspective is quite hard so everybody is talking a lot about change and and and, and even have uh, the intention to change but to really change the system or to really change uh, uh, the attitude uh, and I, I i'm always i'm always uh, surprised why why is this so hard to do so yeah i don't know People love their routines. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> so you, what, what are your experience, uh, Amit, with this? Yeah, people don't uh, change that easily. I totally agree. It's there is a strong resistance uh, in India. More so, we have this constant uh, uh, ghost of the Bauhaus on us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So uh, I, I, we've just not experimented enough. I mean, a few schools have, they are trying today, but uh, not enough. So the time is, the time is there to, to really, yeah. Put some so what change. I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite our special guest, uh, Karmishka Krishna. She's a product design student at ISDI Mumbai and a firm believer in the power of empathy to be able to bridge existing gaps between people, entities, and the world as a whole. Welcome, Karmishta, and uh, we'd like your views as a participant uh, in the workshop and at ISDI. And uh, let's get the nitty gritty from you now. Thank you so much, Amit. Uh, so I was part of ITI 2020 uh, in Utrecht this year. And on my first day, I remember that I could not relate to the environment around me at all. And uh, this was in January. So I had been in design school for about a year and a half. And it was the first time I was in another country with a very critical, thoughtful approach, rather than the very casual holiday mood one I was used to. So I found it really difficult to understand the European culture and mannerism. But I think conversation with other students that began after some really interesting uh, icebreaker activities on the first day, I began to develop a very keen interest in observing that everything that was so new around me. And uh, the Dutch and the German students were very eager to know more about the places we were coming from, the cultures we were coming from, and uh, very enthusiastically even took us around the beautiful streets of Utrecht. And I also got a chance to visit a couple of really interesting art exhibitions around the place. So that was something that was a huge highlight for me. And uh, talking about the project, so my group's project was in collaboration with Bitterveen and Boss, which is a civil engineering firm based out of Utrecht. So project brief required us to look at a better planned, more sustainable alternative to a street that was growing extremely chaotic because of the corporate parking in that area. Now that being the scenario in most metropolitans in India already, I learned the importance of observing patterns and drawing parallels between the countries in order to identify many opportunity areas. And uh, apart from that, we also got, a, got to spend a day at the client's office 
and we experienced the professional environment and understand their work ethics. And that was something really new for me. I'd never been in a client's office per se, just for a day, been in their meeting room and it was, it was breathtaking. Even, even our group in terms of how it was formed, it was really, really clever. Our uh, students came from diverse fields within design, which was art and history, illustration, product design, graphic design, even photography. So I, I'd say this helped us in um, three ways. Firstly, delegating work based on our skill sets and strengths. That helped us divide the work very, very well. Secondly, it helped us critique our projects thoroughly. And um, that was with different perspectives. So at every step, we, we knew where we were going wrong because there was that perspective coming in. And thirdly, I'd say it also helped us adopt a multidisciplinary approach during concept development so that we were not restricted to coming up with just a product or just a system. We knew we could use different mediums and different uh, disciplinary knowledges to come up with a solution that could help people. And uh, being a product design student, I was also really intrigued by Hakao's wood and print workshops and projects. So I was very kindly given a tour throughout the college by one of my groupmates. Excellent. I remember, sorry. I'm sure that'd be very inspiring to a huge student body that we have with us. Thank you so much. And uh, okay, let's go to the last poll of the day. Uh, and then we'll uh, start the uh, winding up. Hmm? Uh, may I have the last poll, please? Poll number four. What do the students particularly feel regarding these methods of teaching and learning? It's different from your normal methods. So would you welcome such methods? Would you prefer a more rigid and proven system with marks? Or you're not sure? I think it's important to also learn what the students feel. I'm really looking forward to the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Wow. There you yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great work. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. I'd like uh, each of you to, uh, uh, I'll give you about five minutes each, and then we throw it open to the audience. Uh, they have a lot of questions coming up. So uh, your final thoughts, Evan? Final thoughts. I would, I would, I would, um, I would love to uh, develop uh, Imagining Tomorrow uh, 2.0 or maybe 3.0 for India, uh, even, because I think there, there, there are a lot of different skills who can develop more and more. And, and even Stefan and Gurav and I, we were, we were talking about it and we inspired for it. So I'm open for, for more and more uh, ideas and, and to build on this, this uh, starting point, actually. That's how I see it, yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with Irvin and um, I would love and at least at my university at the ICN, I have the possibility to break down a little bit the boundaries. Yeah, so that because uh, I think the time for disciplinary thinking is really over and uh, there should not be arrogance between disciplines anymore and we should more interact with each other. I think I know it is stressful. Yeah. And it needs more from professors and also from students to um, break down these boundaries. But I think now it is really the time. And uh, I think imagining tomorrow or like R10, for example, what we have at our university, I think it's these are seeds in a way. Yeah, This is the starting point. And the more universities um, 
go in such a direction that they do not see only these bachelor and master programs and all these accreditation offices coming every four or five years. I don't know how it is in India. And then in a way, come on, how is it? We should not tell it to students, but in a way it is, you know, you please also these accreditation offices, come on. Yeah, it's often not that you're 100% convinced of what you are presenting, I would say, but it is necessary because these accreditation offices have their outlines and uh, commissions come and they have their mindsets so uh, i would love to break a little bit out of it i know it is necessary and it's clear that the students need their certificates their bachelor's master's and phd but i would love that universities integrate more this open thinking um, and even if the students i'm quite sure do not get credit points for it i'm quite sure that they are happy yeah that uh, in design, in management, or in other disciplines, we break a little bit the, the walls, I would say. Yeah, I think uh, we can take this again uh, in another direction of thinking of how, of how we need to move away from creation to creativity. I know we have had these discussions multiple times, but uh, these discussions are much more relevant when we think about uh, future of these students here and how they'll end up being practitioners. We are looking at transhuman uh, kind of uh, design teams now and not just the human based, uh, which means that we need to also understand a movement away from uh, traditional uh, kind of knowledge of skills or practice of skills to kind of uh, understanding how those skills can be utilized very effectively or how and where you can kind of combine or collaborate to get new skills in. Uh, it's not really hard to pick up skills if you really are dedicated. Uh, at the same time, it's not really hard to uh, go cross disciplinary if you are really open. I think that's another aspect that we need to consider very effectively when we are looking at design programs and uh, accept ITI and similar platforms much more openly, much more regularly if possible, and much more uh, kind of applicable to different, uh, different years and not just, uh, not just boundary conditions we have set. So that would be my thoughts on this. Yes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. When we think about looking towards a better world, the only way out is probably working together and um, working with different people, different countries, different cultures, trying to learn from each other, trying to draw parallels and um, work towards making an impact. So I have one question, uh, uh, starting with Stefan and then the rest of you. How do you evaluate such uh, I mean, the students are going to be, like you just mentioned, uh, there are marks and there is a, uh, a certificate to be obtained. Is, is there a ranking, first, second, third, a gold star, a bronze star? I mean, how does it work? Do you mean for imagining tomorrow or? Uh, um, Two, um, one, imagine tomorrow and one, what you would you ideally like to do? Uh, ideally, I would love to get rid of grades, honestly. So uh, um, I would say, at, at, at least in in Germany, we have this possibility that uh, we can create also modules where it's only a pass or fail. And honestly, I like this, especially when it's not so easy, I would say, to uh, evaluate uh, a creative output. I would say it's still possible. I would say we fall into a mousetrap that we say we do not have any kind of competence to say uh, concerning this creative idea or that creative idea that this is very good, good, uh, and so on. What we did, at least concerning Imagine Tomorrow, and I like this, we have quite an open evaluation scheme, yeah? 
with uh, reflective questions. And um, what I here love th that we have this schedule, let's say like this for evaluation. And uh, then we talk in the trainer team also what our experiences are. I think it, I prefer also to give not grades only on my own because I have got my mindset. I am biased, of course. Yeah, so I love that at least imagine tomorrow it is like this that we discuss then uh, between the trainers uh, how we do the grading and then uh, it varies a little bit i think for the hku in the long run it comes to for imagining tomorrow pass or fail as far as i know um, this can be then adapted to the systems for my universities uh, we need then grades because it's our system um, but I think this is the nice thing with Imagine Tomorrow that there is, uh, let's say, flexibility also to the different cultural backgrounds. Is it necessary to grade the individual student or not? And even but what's, what's interesting is that with uh, finishing Imagine Tomorrow, we have, we have a talk with, 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 uh, uh, with the client. Or, uh, and the client will uh, give a lot of uh, uh, yeah, feedback. To the students, actually, it, it's not the teachers who are giving uh, giving also the feedback, but the teachers giving the feedback all the two weeks long. Uh, but in the end, uh, I think working with 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 the one who brings in the assignment and the perspectives and and what they can do with it, it's the biggest learning uh, goal actually. And I even cannot cannot uh, put that in grades. I think this is a total learning experience in that perspective, and and I'm happy that we are very open in grading that we not that we not uh, uh, put that in the end. Uh, yeah, as a very important thing. I think uh, from my perspective, if we were to kind of grade uh, or how we graded during imagining tomorrow uh, as as a new method of grading. Uh, there is a, another element that we sometimes miss out, which is the human element of the students uh, who have participated. A lot of times what uh, ended up happening in, in uh, general education for design and so on is uh, that we'll deliver some grades based on uh, some idea of process that we have or some idea of outcomes that we have and not really consider what that student might have gone through while going through the process or that outcome. Uh, so by, uh, let's say, by participating in Imagine Tomorrow, we became part of the process, right? We became uh, in tune with how the students were working and what they were working on, what kind of challenges they were facing, and how would they cope up with the same challenges. And that brought in the human perspective back. Uh, that also brought in uh, some idea of understanding, uh, let's say, not just, uh, not just creating as a, uh, as a sequence of events, but as something that moves beyond that, as, as something that moves towards, uh, uh, towards let's say, perceptions of uh, how they understood uh, what we tried to do. So uh, I think that is another thing that would uh, uh, counteract in terms of how, uh, how we can apply it to our curriculums and how we can, can also take it forward uh, to education of a more broader scheme. Excellent. I think the problem with grading right now is that we look at it as some, we look at our projects as something to get a good grade and not to get good enough evaluation to make our project better. And I think more than um, getting rid of grades, it's that mindset we need to change, we need to develop that enthusiasm in order to work towards making a better project rather than getting an A grade or an A plus or whatever it is. All right, then shall we ask your friends on the panel on the uh, uh, list? The last poll, please. 
on the students. Let's see what their views are. Do you think the system of giving marks and ranking in design schools should be avoided? Yes, no, or a maybe. Time starts now, you have 10 seconds. And let's see what the student body says. But we still have some who feel uh, they'd stick to the standard system. Anyway, but this is a lot of numbers, the majority of course says definitely you should avoid ranking. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, this is something which the universities need to listen to. I and, think it, uh, it can open up or it will be open up education again. Where we, can, where we are able to put away the ranking and we have more freely to work with each other and to really see the person as a person, mm. I think that's a big step forwards. Big step forwards. We have some questions from the audience. Uh, you've already answered a few of them. There are a couple more. Uh, what happened to the question? It vanished. It was just here. Basically, uh, we have uh, Vivek Shet asking, uh, where they could get more information about uh, the future of design, uh, sorry, about the imagining uh, workshop. So uh, what are the links, etc. So uh, probably Evan and Stefan could help in that. Yeah, the questions they can they can ask or they can send to me to uh, to the email address uh, who is available in the art school, and yeah. we will uh, we will definitely uh, respond on that. We can send them also some information if they like. We have some that's also Irving, that's also a brochure we can send out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, so you can write directly to them and you'll get more information. You can go on to the website. Uh Gauri, can you just uh, type in the website, please? In the chat box. Thank you. We have one from Austin Davis saying uh, future of design education should also consider the teachers as equal stakeholders. And somewhere the teachers are maybe getting excluded and the reforms are mostly student-centric. Do you think so? You I, think honestly, I do not really understand what is meant with excluded. So uh, um, they feel that uh, this all this activity is basically centered around the students and uh, not necessarily the teachers. Ah, yeah, I would say not in the case of imagining tomorrow, because uh, I would say uh, I do not act, for example, in imagining tomorrow as a professor, I act as a trainer and coach and the other two are doing the same like the others. So it is clear that I'm not doing, let's say, the, uh, the work. Yeah, we are there to inspire the students to do their work. Yeah, for example, that Buraf has used many but you can do, to tell more specific creative exercises to help the students. So I would regard myself, honestly, in any way, not as a professor, I would regard myself more like an enabler or coach, and especially in imagining tomorrow. Okay. I think yeah, I only think... one, I think the time is over uh, from my perspective that the professor is in front of the class, just talk, 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 and the students are sitting there and making notes, 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 <laughs> because I'm not the holy grail of knowledge. Yeah. So, uh, and I would love to learn a lot from my students. So therefore, even this situation should change in the future that we are not, let's say, they should respect me, of course, don't get me wrong, but uh, it is clear that it should be more uh, on eye level. Exactly. I think it's also about uh, kind of healthy debates, healthy kind of cross questioning and uh, trying to understand uh, why certain questions are asked rather than what questions uh, might be asked. Uh, it's also about uh, kind of uh, taking it to 
the next level of conversations and not kind of be based on the structured as uh, Stefan was mentioning the structured kind of boundary of what says that okay this is this is a teacher's role and this is a student's role uh, but when we are talking about projects that are much more live and much more kind of uh, active in that sense uh, we can't really have these roles uh, kind of define the boundaries uh, these roles only apply uh, till a certain level where uh, where that's the impact is minimal if the impact is going to a certain uh, uh, let's say uh, applicability uh, you need to kind of blur those lines as well okay thank you it's it's been a very enjoyable one hour and plus uh, on this collaborative facilitation system of uh, teaching and learning versus the standard earlier method of only doing skills only doing theory and uh, I, I see a lot more such workshops can be very, very useful. Thank you so much, uh, Irvin, Stefan, Gaurav, and Karmeshta. Thank you very Thank much. You. And Thank you. Thank you, Amit. Thank you, the team. Thank you. Gauri, may I invite you over, please? Good evening, everybody. I'm here to uh, deliver the vote of thanks. So on behalf of ADI Ahmedabad, we thank all of you for being here. We've had people from at least who signed up from all over the world from almost 80 different places so thank you to all our panelists i would do after i've thanked our sponsor for today the brick store the brick store has been very very kind to come up uh, and sponsor this event they are headquartered here in Ahmedabad, with have stores in baroda ludhiana pune bangalore nasik and hyderabad if you would like to connect with them also please do message us Bringing urban to the Indian design community has been an effort that I've been at for the last two, three years. And so it's been great to finally have him here today, along with Stefan Gaurav and Karmeshta. We've missed Yitzka because, as everybody said earlier also, she's been unwell and we wish her a speedy recovery. Thank you all for your time and your contributions. Hoping very much that there will be many more such interactions and collaborations. Thanks to the ADI Ahmedabad events team, Tanvi and Kabya, for getting this webinar on the calendar and their support. ADI communications team, without which we wouldn't have been able to reach out to everybody. And for them, you know, taking my pestering from morning, afternoon, and evening for all the posts. Anshu for being the person setting up this whole webinar and registration, etc., and ensuring that everything happens the way it should. Amit Shade for, of course, instantly agreeing to moderate this session. Sangeeta for taking my back all the time. And Anuj, Salil, Vivek, Shivani, and all the other members of the committee at ADI Ahmedabad. Thank you all for being here and for supporting all the activities that we do all the time and for making time for us. Thank you so much.